0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Given that uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI passed on a couple of weeks back, I've been thinking a bit about his life, and as I've maybe mentioned before, uh, of the as many of you know, I worked in the Vatican and lived in Rome for 15 years, worked in the Vatican for 10, and probably the pope that I knew the best, before he was pope and then while pope, was Pope Benedict. Not that I knew him like we played cards every week, but I had multiple dinners with him, probably 15 or 20. Uh, his best friend was my best friend, uh, so we were a lot together in different social situations. Or, um, Nonetheless, I think of the three is one I I knew the best. And so I've been trying to uh, do him and that friendship homage by reflecting a bit more on some things he said. So allow me if we focus today, because of these readings so beautiful, of Matthew, of the Sermon on the Mount, right? If any of you are watching The Chosen so much of kind of the buildup of the first few seasons is Jesus is beginning to call his disciples, but he's continuously working on this speech, right, this sermon. This kind of Magna Carta, the essence, right? His his coming out speech, so to speak, to to kind of really crystallize what is this new gospel he's bringing. What's going to be, uh, if you say just human terms, differentiate, differentiate him and his message as a rabbi like anyone else. But that would be kind of the burning coal to begin these new truths that would then set course of a whole new faith, right? Which he would back up with his own life, with the miracles passion, death, and resurrection, etc., but it starts kind of with that intuition, and it's all captured right here. Pope Benedict wrote a, in 2007, the year of uh, I was ordained a priest, wrote an encyclical called Spe Salvi, you Knows, hope saves us. And so I wanted to recognize, or at least reflect a little bit on hope, because I think it has a lot to do with what's at the core of Jesus' message and these Beatitudes, it's, it's a supernatural virtue. It's a, a potential that we've been given through baptism. All of us have it, right? Faith, hope, and charity, we get it. Baptism, we know that through our faith, but it's, it's more than that. It's not just saying that, and so it's true. It, when we say it, it's because we've recognized the human heart, when united to God, blessed by it, has this capacity to hope to be confident in things yet unseen unrevealed right things that are currently unseen but will be revealed we have that steadfast hope you know? saint paul says that steadfast anchor of our souls that kind of keeps us solid when a lot of other things are are moving around it's a supernatural virtue but it's it's in potential we have the capacity for it but we need to exercise it to grow right a lot of people have natural capacities, abilities, right? Musicians, right? You, you pick it up kids that just have beat or they're, they're good at, and, and the parents detect that and said, oh, we're going to get them in classes, right? You know? And some parents like my, mine don't detect anything, but they put you in classes anyhow, right? <laughs> and frustrate you. I learned guitar thanks to them, right? I still have that little hobby. But there's a natural capacity that we notice in the youth, and then we build on it. Or athletics, right? Wow, you know? And again they we notice it and then we start putting them in that sports and some parents say you know i hope he has this so let's put him in sports see if it comes out right because it's something i love but regardless we detect those capacities potentials in kids and we build them up as christians we all have this capacity none of us are without the capacity for hope It's not like, well, some of us are pretty good at hope and others, well, sorry, you just just don't have the ear, right? (laughs) You're just not coordinated, so maybe you should work on other things, No, all of us, every last one of us has the capacity, the potential for faith, hope, and love. God's given it to us because we're made in his image, we're made for him, we're made to desire him, and so we have it in kind of in seed form and potential that we, through our life, can exercise or grow it. It's a talent which gives us potential. So why is hope important? Why is hope Because all of us have that desire for fulfillment more than we desire anything else, right? Because that's how God made us. And if we're seeking it in the right places, we can't help but find God and find ourselves. If we seek it in the wrong places, if we hope in the wrong things, then eventually we come up frustrated, disillusioned, right, discouraged. Hope is like our compass, right? If we don't use it, if we put it in our pocket, we can get lost in kind of the forest of the world with so many options that all seem equally possible. Can't really see our destination well, so it all is, it's very confusing, right? But hope, we kind of look down and say, even though it's not so clear... I can see this is the way I should go. This is the way I should live. This is the choice I should make. No, but look, it all... No, even though it's not apparent, I have a compass. What I hope in, what I desire, what I long for. God and his goodness, what he's placed in my heart, what's placed in scripture, what's placed in these beatitudes. It's like a compass. It's like an anchor is another image, right? In, in classical art, a lot of times when they're trying to depict faith, hope, and... And, and love, they depict hope as an anchor because St. Paul referred to it as the anchor of our souls. It's like that weight that holds us to something firm even though everything is moving around an anchor. And what is that anchor in our lives? It's what we hope in. We hope in God. We hope in what he's revealed in Jesus Christ. We hope in that the good that we pursue will be given to us, that what we long for is possible, etc. And we hope and we pursue it consistently, right? A last image, other than kind of compass or the anchor, is it's like magnetism. Each of us are like pieces of metal. Maybe that's not the most glorious object to feel, like you're, but you are like metal, right? And God, in his blessedness, is the magnet. And when the metal is far away from the magnet, it experiences only a slight pull, to a slight degree, kind of a little bit of a tendency towards... But the closer one gets to the magnet, the more the attraction grows until eventually we're stuck. We can't even almost pull ourselves away. And so as we live these virtues, pursue the good, it's like getting ourselves closer to that magnet or that magnet drawing closer to us. And the attraction grows. The capacity to do good grows. The facility for virtue grows, right? And that's why hope is so important, because we believe it, we want it, we start going towards it, and then it picks up, and it's like, wow, this is true, right? This, this works. And we keep getting attracted more and more for our hope. The better we know and follow Christ, our magnet, the more fully we'll experience that attraction, right? So how do we grow in hope? And I think it's important, whether we're older or younger, to practice this virtue, those of us who are older uh, those who are blessed to be in the front queues here have a whole life behind them right and it's easy to get discouraged right you look at the youth you look at the world you watch the news and you're like (laughs) you know or you have more time with your thoughts and it's easy to reflect back more on your errors on your mistakes and you can kind of lose hope and, and wonder is this really worth it right and discouragement can come in or even young people right there's so many options there's so many things I could do and it's it's kind of discouraging I don't know which way to go right I I want to do this my parents say to do this and I'm not sure I kind of know this is right but I'd really much prefer this other and it gets discouraging and you can lose hope and you even see others who lose hope or if you're a parent right you can be in the middle of educating children and working hard and all these things and it's not always panning out the way and you can lose hope or confidence trust how do we grow and how do we cultivate it and build it up more the whole of scripture I think is the answer to this question all the teachings of the church also answer this question the entire life of the Christian is an exercise in this virtue so we exercise hope and this maybe is counterintuitive but I believe it's true by following the commandments Following what God has revealed. When He says, do this, this is for your goodness. This is for your blessedness to obey. A little parallel is parents, right? Say, kid, just eat this way. It's healthy. Trust me. No, but I like this. No, can't have the dessert until you have your vegetables, right? But why? I like this, right? And the parents say, like, trust me, I kind of know what's healthy. I know some doctors, I read, I watch YouTube this is the way to eat, right? And we trust them, and we, we obey. Or if we're rebels, <laughs> we don't. And then whatever happens to us, that's not healthy. We trust. In the same way, God tells us, as we're all children throughout our whole life, God's saying, this is the way to go. Trust me. So by obedience and following god's revelation following scripture following the church is the first way to cultivate and grow hope because as we do so we get closer to the magnet we see how it works we see how harmony and we start to get attracted and go so obedience of hope is and to the commandments is a great way to exercise and grow in hope following our conscience right god is placed in our hearts and in our minds especially if we have a well-formed conscience, what's the direction to go, how to choose, how to live. Following that builds up our hope. When we listen to the voice of others that we trust, that we aspire to be like, that we appreciate their virtue, their goodness, their wisdom, their holiness, listening to them is another way to grow our hope, right? We also exercise hope when we take our spiritual life seriously. When we seek the Lord, we seek justice, seek humility, like the first reading said. When we try to learn to pray better, we know we should. When we make kind of again that obedience, okay, Lord, I know this is good for me. I'm gonna spend time eating my spiritual vegetables each morning, right? Because I know that's good for me. Spend time in prayer, right? That choosing the Lord in those small ways builds up our hope and our confidence. One last thing I'll say is is gratitude, giving thanks for all the good blessings that God has given us is a path to hope. So, fa- so often we speed through the good things, right? We notice the problems, we focus on them, we think about them, we talk about them, we chatter to other people about them. But the good things in life, the blessings, the things that work out, the way God's good to us, the, the goals we accomplish, right? How quickly do we kind of just pass off, right? I remember I, I was, uh when I remember, uh, oftentimes, when I call my mom, right, she's, oh, what's going on? And I'm trying to, because she always tells me, wow, aches and pains, and what, right, which is her life, right, right now. Is I will tell her the good things that are happening, right? She doesn't need my aches and pains, right? She's good things. Uh, share the great things that God's doing, the blessings, the successes, the challenges. Sure, we need to be real with each other, especially those we're close to, but also we can choose to inspire hope in others by looking and being grateful for the blessings. So today the church has reminded us of this this virtue of hope that's so present in all of the Beatitudes, this new way of looking at the world of what God's doing, what he blesses, what he calls us to be. So he also wants to confirm our hope through the Eucharist, through communion, through giving us his body and blood us and be with us and tell us we're never alone we can hope in him he's always with us Pope Benedict wrote and I'll, I'll close with this in, in that encyclical space alley. he says the present even if it's arduous can be lived and accepted if it leads towards a goal if we can be sure of this goal and if this goal is great enough to justify the effort of the journey our goal is heaven Our goal is union with the Lord. Our goal is blessedness and happiness. So keeping that goal before us will help us to live our hope. God bless you.